just waiting we have a word to come Chris said rather than read it out we can get it on the screen Wait, hey wonderful so if this encourages you that's great people feel dry and worn I'm sorry, worn out I think anybody been feeling that last few weeks even on holiday <laughs> even when I had a week out just that sense of it's not physical tiredness it's just oh come on we've just got to push on but Pentecost is coming Keep your eyes on Jesus and he will lead you through the dry valley. A sense that Pentecost will open heaven again. Thought was for me as my heart lifted at news will meet to restore hope. But maybe this is corporate. Of course, Pentecost, we don't have new Pentecosts. Let's go to theology right here. You know, Pentecost is. But there are moments and times and events and things that Give us a new release of that, a renewed in, participation in it. So keep your eyes up. There are things coming. I think that's what it's saying. And keep your eyes on Jesus. He'll lead you through the dry valley. And the bones will live. Sorry. When I hear that, my mind goes, oh, Ezekiel, oh, Isaiah, oh, there's, there's a whole load of scriptures, but, and they're all about God sustaining through what looks like the difficult time. Look, things that look like the wrong turning, things that look like we've done it wrong, but actually it's him. And I, this fits with where I'm going with the sermon as well. So, John chapter 16 If you all have your Bibles ready, look straight down camera. John chapter 16. Just going to read right through, reading from verse 5. Now, I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you asks me where are you going, because I've said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, for it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world in, of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. <clears throat> and in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In a little while, you will see me no more, and after a little while, you will see me. I love the next section. Some of his disciples said to one another, What's he mean by saying in a little while you'll see me no more, and after a little while you will see me, and because I'm going to the Father? They kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. 
Jesus saw they wanted to ask him about this. He said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and after a little while you will see me? I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice. And no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Though I've been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, now you're speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. I don't get how they got it from that. But hey, never mind, they got it. That's the work of the Spirit. Then Jesus said to the disciples, oh sorry, hang on. Then you believe at last, Jesus answered, but a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered each to his own home. Sound familiar? You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Take heart. I have overcome the world. I'm sure each of us has experienced the situation where we're facing problem, difficulty, confusion, and we're going, God, what's going on? What's happening? You promised never to leave me. Where are you? Where are you in the midst of all this wrongness? I've been a Christian 35 years now, and there's times when it's just like, I don't get what's going on and what Jesus is saying to his disciples here is that they will face trouble it can't be helped but those first few verses verses 5 to 7 I'm going to go away, I'm going to leave you can you imagine the disciples going hang on, we've just worked out who you are, it's just going well it's just getting good, what do you mean you're going away? And somebody else is coming. What are you talking about? God's plans are not our plans. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. How many times in the Old Testament? His ways are higher than our ways. And so often what we look at for what our lives and what we think is the right way forward, God's looking going... I don't think so. Somebody once said to me a long time ago, when God, uh, when you show God your plans, he has a good chuckle. 
you know, because he knows the best, doesn't he? And sometimes the best looks doesn't look to us like the best. It looks like the worst sometimes. It really does. If we do that, it's going to be horrible. We're going to leave all our friends. We're going to lose all our friends. We're going, this is going to, we'll upset that and that would... Ah! The first thing I want us to get grasp from this passage is that God's plans are not our plans. God's ways are not our ways. He is sovereign. He does stuff in ways that we, don't, we can't see. That doesn't mean the enemy doesn't get in and doesn't make it worse and all the rest of it. You could look at back and look at my curacy and it was hell. It was nearly three years of hell. And all the way through it, I'm going, what the blazes is going on? Why is this so bad? Why is it so difficult for Wendy? Why is it so hard for me? What is going on? Lord, Lord, I've just given up a career in teaching to come and do this. I've just given you my... Whoops. That's never a good place to be. But why is this so hard? And for a number of years afterwards, I would still say, I don't get it. But eventually I got to the point of going, do you know what? I wouldn't... I wouldn't give up that time for anything because I learned so much. Not necessarily in the way I was expecting, not from the people I was expecting, but I learned more about myself, more about my resilience, more about who I was, more about so many things. Now, I still think half to two thirds of it shouldn't have happened and it was the enemy. But the awkwardness of it and the difficultness of it actually was part of God taking me to a different place so that when I ended up leading a church I was a different person God's plans are not our plans so often and even when we think we've got revelation through scripture or through the spirit we can still be going what Lord what like the disciples what do you mean and we don't quite get it. And it's not till we look back afterwards that we go, oh, oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, I see now. But we don't see it in the midst of it. The old footprints thing, isn't it? The two footprints in the sand. Why was when the most difficult time? Is there only one set of footprints? That's when I carried you, you prawn doesn't say that does it in the actual thing but that's essentially what it is when he got hard he carries us but we don't feel like it because we keep our eyes fixed on the problem not the solution that's the first thing God's plans are higher and verses 5 to 7 say that and verses 16 to 22 especially verse 17 what do you mean Lord what do you mean what's going on Verses 7 to 15 here. It's a simple, simple answer. Trust the Holy Spirit. I'm going so I can send you the counsellor. And when he comes, he will lead you into all truth. If you're born again, you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. 
So this counsellor you have, and you only have this counsellor because Jesus went away. Jesus died. This is why they will grieve. The world will go, got him, did it. That rebellious Jewish person is done. The, pro, the you know, pilot and the Jewish authorities will be rejoicing and they will grieve. But yet there is Easter, there is resurrection. So they will be joyful when the world is confused. And it's, he says, because I am going, I will send you the counsellor. And he will lead you into all truth. Now primarily, the first thing the Spirit does is to show us what the Scriptures mean. You know, we can read bits of Scripture and then, and sort of, get, huh? and then we read it another day and we go, oh. Or we read a piece of Scripture that we've read hundreds of times before. And on a particular afternoon, Ping. It means that's the spirit working in you, bringing that logos word, that foundational word, into a rema experience, into that prophetic. It speaks to you right now, and of course, he'll speak through prophecy, through other people, people giving you words or pictures, or people just commenting, and you go, "Uh, hang on." When the eighth person that day tells you something or says something that and you go, oh, I think the Lord might be trying to tell me something. He will lead you into all truth. Yet when we face difficulty and problem and change, when we're looking to change job, when we're looking to move, when we're looking to do this, do that, do the next thing. <clears throat> you know, we scan right move, trying to find the right place. We scan the job, trying to find. He will lead you into all truth. I've only known half a dozen people do this. I've only known half a dozen people do this. And it's brilliant. The Lord's telling us to move, so we're looking for the church we're supposed to move to. Well, what is your job going to do? How are you going to do with the house? Oh, no, no, we don't know about that yet. We're going to find the church we're moving to first, and then we'll look for a house, and the job thing will happen. Well done. I'm not sure I could do that. Well, I guess looking for the right church to move to for me is job as well, isn't it? So <laughs> a bit snooked with that one. But do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's, it's just such a completely different way of thinking. And it's so difficult to do. Please hear me. I know it's really difficult to do. Trust the Holy Spirit. He will lead you into all truth. He will comfort you. He will counsel you. But we still have free will. So we still can't mess it up. <laughs> we have to choose to follow him. And then verses 23 to 30. This image of the woman giving birth. And it comes to this conclusion when the disciples actually say... All of this makes us believe that you came from God. Or you come from God, or you came from God. And Jesus says, you believe at last? 
I guess everyone here and hopefully everybody online will go, yeah, I believe. But there's that old prayer, isn't there? I believe. Lord, help me with my unbelief. Do you believe it all? Yes! Probably. Do you believe it? Do you really? Of course I do. Till the rubber hits the road. Do you believe God will provide for you? Oh, yes. And do you know, actually, as a church, we're really good at that. We really are. But, <laughs> there's still bits, aren't there? Will he? And we still have it. Do we pray for healing for people? You can talk to me. Hello. Yeah. Buddy awake out there? Uh, you, I know you're shouting at the screen, but do we pray for people, yeah? Does God heal? Yes. Have we seen people healed? Will he heal you? Yeah. <laughs> That's normally the rubber, isn't it? Yeah, I can pray for other people, but I'm not sure he'll come through for me. Not horribly. Oh, I'm not worthy. What makes you less worthy than the person you're praying for? Do you, do you believe? Do you believe? God's plans are not our plans. Trust the Holy Spirit and believe. Because the beginning of the chapter and the end of the chapter make it absolutely clear to us. First four verses, I didn't say this. All this I've told you so you will not go astray. They will put you out of the synagogue. A fact is time, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God. They will do such things because they've not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when the time comes you'll remember I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. It's not going to be easy to be a Christian. Our generation, the last 70 years... And going back, it's been easy to be a Christian. But it's changing. It really is changing. And it's not just a bit of mockery. There's beginning to be things where we're going to have to face it. Maybe you're of an age where you won't need to face it. Well, actually, rejoice. <laughs> rejoice you're going to be in heaven. But for those to choose to be a Christian is going to be a huge break with culture and our huge break with the norm where for most of us going to church was a bit weird for me my generation a bit weird but well our, our parents went to church and church still plays a big role doesn't anymore it's going to be so much more difficult and then at the end of this chapter I have told you these things so that you may have peace in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. He's told us so that we'll have peace. They will hate us. We will have trouble. And we see that. I've told this a number of times. When our architect, and we did the first public meeting... And our architect, who's not a Christian, bless him, lovely, lovely guy. Sorry, he's, n he's a not yet Christian. We're working on him. I'm praying for him. And we came into the office, Chris will tell you, we came into the office after that meeting, which had been horrible. And personally, and, and Paul sat down and said, 
This has got nothing to do with the building, you know. They just don't like you and what you stand for. Out of the mouth of the non-Christian came the prophetic word and the revelation. Absolutely true. We're hated not because we're building on the common, which we're not. We're hated because we stand for Jesus. Do you know what? Okay. Okay. He was hated because he loved me and died for me. I can take the brick bats. We've got to. It says this in 1 John 5. I think that's going to appear up there. Look at that. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? Means we're born again? Yeah? You nearly sounded confident in that. So we go for a little bit more assurance. Are you born again? Yes. Hallelujah. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. No ifs, no conditionals statement. If we're born of God, we overcome the world. So what are you facing? Can you, can you believe I am an overcomer? I said to you just now, do you believe it? All you all went, yes. Do you believe you are an overcomer? This is the victory that has overcome the world that Jesus died on the cross for us. But it says, isn't it? Sorry, I'm being naughty again, aren't I? What overcomes the world? The fact that Jesus died on the cross? What overcomes the world? What is it? Our faith. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Now, of course, it's founded on the fact that Jesus died for us. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he or she who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? You are an overcomer. And in every circumstance, you can overcome. Doesn't mean everything will be sweetness and light. Because God's plans are not our plans. But in every circumstance, we can overcome. Anybody take on to the 60s protest song, We Shall Overcome? Those of you that do the music stuff. But actually, it's not we shall overcome. But we have overcome. He has overcome, and so we have overcome. What brings the victory? Don't say Jesus. What brings the victory? It was just up there. What is the victory? What brings victory? Faith. Can we leave that up? I'm going to get us to stand. Stand if you want at home. Johnny, I don't know whether you've got... Where is he? I don't know if you've got anything for us to finish on. We're going to make a declaration. Recognising... That his ways are not our ways. But choosing to believe.
choosing to walk in faith and declaring that we are overcomers in all circumstances. Is that all right? It's not written up there, so you have to do it after me, but we'll leave that up. We're going to leave that up there so that I say the right things. <laughs> after me, guys, and at home if you can as well. Lord, we recognise your ways are not our ways. Help us to be obedient to your voice. To trust your spirit. To lead us into all truth. We declare we have faith. We declare that Jesus is the Son of God. He has overcome the world. And so we are overcomers. Just take a moment, think of the situation you're facing. Just bring it to mind. And we say, I will overcome. To the glory of Jesus. Amen.